Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Wurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Also from Penguin Random House is a book I had the honor of writing the foreword for called Warrior's Book of Virtues, a field manual for living your best life. Combat veterans Nick Bennis, Matt Bloom, and Buzz Bryan share how lessons they learned during their service can help empower you into a life of deep and lasting virtue, no matter the obstacles you face. Available now at the links below. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Eric Mitchell. He's the CEO of LifeFlipMedia.com, where he helps businesses gain local and national media exposure on both TV and in publications. He operates out of Portland, Oregon, or remotely, and provides marketing consulting, social media marketing, digital marketing, public relations, brand marketing, and email marketing services to his clients. Eric is a member of the Public Relations Society of America, a member of the National Press Club, and a member of the Forbes Agency Council. He served in the Marine Corps. He served as a movie and music producer as well, an executive in Silicon Valley, consultant and an entrepreneur. He understands drive, work ethic, and the art of being mission-focused. He delivers. He doesn't care how big or small his clients are. They become his priority. Go to lifeflipmedia.com to learn how Eric and his team build brands that matter. It has been a pleasure speaking with Eric's clientele of ultra-intelligent, ultra-gifted, profoundly successful, and inspiring business leaders of the highest caliber. Join me in welcoming the CEO of lifeflipmedia.com, Eric Mitchell. Eric, welcome. Hey, Ben. How you doing, bud? Good. Good. So how's your day looking today? What were you just working on? What was I just working on? I was placing a client who has a book coming out. We're scheduling him on the Today Show. And we're still in the middle of hurricane season. So a lot of that discussion going on, but talking to you know, somebody on the Today Show and you know, working on a couple other publications, a couple other big shows that we're working on. So. Typical life in the day, dealing with the current events that are going on in the news and out there doing some storytelling for our clients and pitching them 
which we do every day. I appreciate you taking time out to connect with me on Get Up Nation here to share with my audience your journey of resilience and perseverance. Let's open this up by exploring how you developed your foundation for success as a young person. What engaged you early in life? What kind of dream for your life did you have when you were a child? Well, I was raised by an amazing mother. She was a single mom for a long time, so it was just her and I and my grandfather, who was a Fulbright colonel in the Army, served in World War II, Korea, and got out as an advisor after doing the early part of Vietnam as an advisor when we didn't have a huge troop buildup. So between that group, I was kind of raised off of learning a lot about the military, spent a lot of time on military base with my grandfather. And my awesome mom. So I learned about hard work from my mom, just getting through the grind and what you have to do to adapt and overcome. Before I even knew what it was, right? I was like, what does adapt and overcome? I, I heard my grandfather talk about it. I did that in life. I was, of course, an athlete in high school. I loved it. I went to Fulton High School. Shout out to my Bulldogs. But just absolutely loved history. I grew up watching the news, right? Kind of like my day was always started by it. I didn't know what that meant in life. When I was a senior in high school, I enlisted in the United States Marine Corps, which was back in 1994. So I went in in August of 94, graduated on November 10th, 1994 from boot camp in San Diego, or aka Hollywood Marine. I did my time in the Marine Corps, got out, went to the Sheriff's Academy. You know, I thought law enforcement is where I really belong. I did law enforcement for a short time, blew my knee out, decided I need kind of something techy because I have always liked computers. Went and got into tech, started doing sales, thought that was good. I was amazed because I was making killer money, but really still had a niche for this thing called social media that was starting to break, right? Back then, I'm aging myself, like talking about MySpace. But uh, we had MySpace, and you know, Facebook was brand new. Twitter was still up and coming. And there was an opening of this tech company. I worked for a very large company, and they were very big on, hey, does anybody want to take this job in something called social media marketing, and you'll do some public relations, and we'll give you some on-the-job training. I was going to school at night at Sac State, so I was getting further my education. Thank you for the GI Bill. I think that's one of the greatest things we have is using our education that we pay for while we're in. And I really got into how a message goes on to your TV, your radio, or a publication, and it really builds a business. At the time, I was in my mid-20s. Really figuring out what that meant, it really drove me to my next step. Always having this being a social butterfly and the ability to always get conversation and then take it to that next level. So basically, that's what drove me. How do you approach adversity when you experience it? And did it change from when you were younger to when you're older? Absolutely. You know, I think when you're young, you kind of live in that falsehood that everything's going to just be great. And you really don't know where life's going to take you. I always take it back to when I was in the Marine Corps. You know, you, you wake up and you know what you're doing that day, right? You know you're going to have PT. You know that you're going to put on your uni and you're going to go do whatever it was. I was in the infantry, so we saw a lot of time PT and completing weapons, shooting them. And that's what we were really good at doing. But, you know, if I look back at that, to me, I wish I knew then what I know now. I thought it was cool. Oh, I'm going guaranteed infantry, dot, dot, dot. I don't know why I have this John J. Rambo attitude, but I would have probably done a different MOS and to follow what my younger brother did when he joined the Corps because uh, it would have helped me later in life when I got out of the Corps because we all know how bad transition is. So really for me, learning adapt and overcome, all of my success later in life, I attribute to, one, what I learned being in the military and understanding that not everything is butterflies and rainbows. It's it's a lot of, you know, we call it the suck, right? It's not always great. And having to know that you're going to have good days and bad days. 
relating that to what I learned in the past and overcoming those things, I mean, still to this day, I use those as my reference point. Always charging up forward and not letting little setbacks knock me down. Understanding that failure is going to happen. You can't get around failure. Failure is going to show up. If you sit there and sulk about it, it's not going to solve anything. And all you're doing is wasting time while you focus on that failure. Instead, you figure out what you did wrong and you start moving forward. And we'll always put anything to a relation to a sport. So for me, it's like calling an audible, right? You got to fix what you're doing on the fly. You can't sit there and go, oh, hold on. We're just going to give in and just lose this game. We're not going to try to change anything. So that's what I always believe. You always have an audible, right? You always have a second play you're going to go to. You always have a third play. Always setting yourself up for success and making sure, okay, being ahead of the game instead of behind. I love that selflessness. It's a humility where it says, something comes my way, it doesn't feel good, and it hurts, or it's uh, annoying, or it didn't go my way. It's that relentless drive to just be like, I can handle it, I can move on, I'm used to being uncomfortable, and I can overcome that if I just keep going. It's just devoid of self-pity. It gets you a step, a step ahead right away because it just goes off your back. You're oriented to the fact that, well, life is not easy. No one expected it to be easy. So go out and get it. And it doesn't mean the world is ending just because it doesn't go your way for five minutes. You know, it's funny that you're talking about that. That's how I look at when I left after being an executive in the Silicon Valley, leaving and starting my own business. All the things that people don't tell you about running your own business, it's so funny. You know, as a, as a young, naive CEO coming into my own company and building it and it's co-founded with my beautiful bride, she runs all the financial side, but I came in and I was like, no, I, I, can, I can do it all. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and really, at the end of the day, I didn't. And it took humility. And it sucked. Trust me, she'll be the first person you ever interview and she'll tell you <laughs> that basically I had to totally hand over all finance over to her so I could run the company. It's just one of those really big things that she takes over the financial side and runs basically the administration side of the company. Why I run and continue doing what my strong points are. And I think that's one thing as a CEO, and, and I relate it back to the military, is going, okay, what am I really strong at and what am I weak at? And who could help me make those links come together? So I can continue focusing on the mission, which is moving forward and continuing getting sales and making sure the accounts team is handling our client media team, our brokers are doing their job. While the wheels are continually to be greased by the finance and admin team, and the ops team that are making sure everything's going. You know, clients are, you know, their invoices being taken care of, any questions they may have are being handled. And it took that humility because before it was like the first couple of years of business was like slamming your fist together. It hurts, right? I mean, it just, it's just dumb to do it. Why would you do it? And it was until I took that humbling approach and was like, look, I can't do this on my own. It just made me laugh. You said something that really was like, yeah, I, I totally feel how you have to like humble yourself to move forward and, and running a company is not as easy as it appears on TV or at any book that you read. Or it's like, yeah, you just show up, turn the lights on, your business goes. Right. Handing over that control to someone else, it makes you feel vulnerable. It makes you feel a little on edge because you're putting it in the hands of somebody else. Certainly, I'm sure you trusted your wife with her expertise and her skills, but isn't that also in, in military environments what you really learn? Being able to be the type of person who is dependable, being the type of person who you know that you're in a group of people who are working hard to help each other survive and get through really austere environments and tremendously uh, troubling environments, realizing the value of being reliable, of being self-motivated, but then also doing that, knowing that your, your buddy is depending on you 
for his survival, for his success. Do you find that handing it over to your wife, she letting her do what she's great at, letting her do this side of the house so you can focus on this side of the house. Do you feel that that's also a similar benefit that you experienced as you were in business of finding people who are reliable, of finding people who you can take at their word, who show up when they say they're going to be there and, and work hard. And it eases that anxiety that comes when you, when you are vulnerable like that. When you say, I'm going to ask you so-and-so to handle this part of the business and I need you to show up and I need you to be your best at it. We're relying on you and we welcome you into that role. Take it and run with it and we all succeed together. Is that any, any thoughts on that type of mentality? one of those things, you know, having a great CFO and co-founder is very important. Coming up from the Silicon Valley, one of my mentors is Jason Lampton. He ran Echo Sign, which we were acquired by Adobe. And Jason was one of those guys that really took teamwork and put it to the upkeep degree. We learned how we all worked together. We were a small team going up against a really big company. Being able to learn teamwork and then taking it to my own business and understanding how hard it is to hire people that you could trust and rely. Now, having my co-founder also be my wife was an interesting one because there's that work and life relationship that's a little bit different and it can be a struggle, but I wouldn't trust anybody else with my money. That's the one thing we'd never have to worry about is I know, you know, you always fear, you see these nightmare stories about, you know, operations and finance, but that's her strong suit. When she worked at Silicon Valley, she worked for some amazing companies and those amazing companies, she was going off and running their finances. She knew what she was doing there. I didn't have anything to worry about. So it let me really ease my pain. Now, there have been struggles hiring in other positions, but some of our best hires, I'm excited for where they go after they left Lightfoot. I mean, we had a great account manager, and they're gone, and they're working for a Fortune 500 company doing an amazing thing and constantly telling me, hey, thanks for your opportunity led me to this great job. And, you know, I like that. I mean, people are going to do that. They spent two years with a company have to grow. I'm used to that from the Silicon Valley. But it's been hiring other people where it's been a struggle. And unfortunately, it sucks that I'm going to say this, but some of them happen to be our brothers and sisters who used to wear the uniform. Those are the ones that I've actually struggled hiring. Getting people to work, I don't know what happened. It's like you took your uniform off and all of a sudden you stopped showing up. We're not just going to pay you to do it. And I think that's something that it's almost like a challenge you know, to our community, the veteran community, that I'd like them to see like, hey, you know, when you get out, I know it's easy for us to become like, wow, we're not regulated by caps and reveling, right? The way that, you know, our, our lives negotiate or between your shift or whatever you need to do when what branch, whatever branch you were in. You, you still need to earn a paycheck. You're probably earning more than you ever earned when you were in the, in the military. So take your job serious. And I think some folks don't do that. They don't focus on it. They have this, and I've been posting about it a lot lately, about entitlement, right? I don't think entitlement is a demographic, a generation thing. I think some people get it and worry about it. And entitlement can be bad because it turns around and all of a sudden you just think because you did this, you deserve this. And that's not how it works, right? Everything we do comes from hard work, not some magic fairy that shows up in the middle of the night. All of a sudden I'm a uniform. That's not how it happens, right? You you have to work hard. You know, Richard Branson didn't just wake up and own his own island. Look at the story of Mark Benioff, the CEO and founder of Salesforce, right? I mean, that started in a garage where I've seen the pictures where he's got like eight different phone lines coming. And look what that company has turned into today. I mean, Salesforce is an amazing machine. Just like I believe, I, I love, I've met Mark a few times. And Mark Benioff, he's famously said, your goal in life is to work hard so you don't have to introduce yourself when you walk into a room. 
And if you've ever been around Mark Vinioff, the one thing you notice is when he walks into a room, everybody knows who he is. He doesn't need to walk up and be like, hi, I'm Mark Vinioff. Mm-hmm. You're like, <laughs> you're Mark. Same with the Sharks and Shark Tank and all those folks. So, you know, that's the mentality that you have to have as you're building a team. Build people that you trust. And don't be, I'm the CEO, or I'm so-and-so, I don't need to do this job and that job. That's where your training from the military that you relate is, uh, especially as an infantry guy, you have to know the job of the guy behind you and the job of the, of the people in front of you. In combat situations, that's to be able to carry forward, right? In a company, it's so, sometimes you're not going to have somebody to do the role, and you want to get it done, sometimes you got to do it yourself. Does that mean you want to do it? No. Does that mean you want to be your graphics, own graphics guy? No. But if you know how to do it, you can do it better than somebody else. Why would you pay somebody to do it? Just do it yourself. Yeah, it takes some time out of your day. Do it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's powerful that in in that military environment, there is that focus on selfless service. And for people to make that transition over into the business world or into the civilian world, it seems like that can become a tripping point for people where they don't know how to deploy that service mindset in a way that helps them be successful in the civilian world. And it can often give people difficulty in making that transition because they don't understand how to serve. You have to learn different language. You have to be able to relate to people, develop that emotional intelligence of seeing into their world, of paying attention to what they're going through, of bringing value to them, and ultimately uh, you know, esteeming these people. Yes, we went off and we served so that they could sleep in their beds safe and secure at night. And yes, that's an honorable thing to go and serve. But the service doesn't end when we get out of the uniform and the service can actually be compounded with new skill sets, with new passions, with new growth, where we can be challenged out of our old comfort zones and taken ourselves into new skills. Like you were talking about being at the front of social media as that started to happen, as you transitioned out of a law enforcement position. If we can, like you're saying, adapt and overcome and adjust to these changes and stay resilient to the world that we're in, we may find huge parts of ourselves that can offer a better world to other people if we allow the civilian world to not be a foreign concept, but a place where we feel at home and where we can orient ourselves to those new realities and operate there just as much as we operated in a military situation so that we can continue to serve and create an America that's worthy of those people who, who sacrificed everything who went over, who lost their lives, whose families have, have lost their loved ones, we can continue our service into the civilian world and honor their lives by living the fullest, most profound lives that we can, create the America worthy of their sacrifice by challenging ourselves to learn new skills and grow and build and connect with people. I absolutely agree. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I see with veterans today is not everybody, and certainly not everybody at all, goes back to this almost entitled mentality where it's like, I serve, so therefore I deserve constant, like a pat on the back. And if you look at the folks who came back from Vietnam, they didn't do that. I mean, even the World War II, the greatest generation ever, they also didn't come home and be like, check us out, we defeated Hitler and the Japanese, look at it, we're so much better than you. You know, I should get this because I serve. You know, I think our job when we get out and after service is to show people, look, we're pretty good folks that know what we're doing and we have a great work ethic and that we don't look for the, you know, the discount double check. See that far too often and coaching folks along to uh, Veterati. So I do some mentorship on there and 
I have some great mentors, and I try to mentor as many folks as I can. And one of the amazing things is, is this, and I've seen it online, and if you're listening, and you've probably seen it too, I don't care anybody who says they haven't seen it, they have. You know, you see this post, well, I don't understand, well, yes, I'm a veteran business owner. Yes, that is very true. I, I, I did serve. But I don't think that I should go to another business and be like, hey, you know, I serve, so give me a discount. If they have it, they have it. But I don't think that that means I should give my service away for free because we're running a business. We're business owners now because veteran in Latin means civilian. You get your free meal on Veterans Day if you serve. God bless you. You get to go to you know Red Robin or whoever's going to serve you a hamburger or whatever and enjoy that day, right? But you don't get it every every day of the week. You know, we choose to go do it. So we have to get out, and I think it's a responsibility, especially some of us older cats, is to kind of go, hey, guys, you run a business. How can I help you with your business so you're not using your service as a crutch? It shouldn't be. You should be able to drive forward and build a business. You learn so many incredible things in your, in your service that you could take to business that, other people wish they had. You go talk to people who run successful businesses that didn't serve, they wish they had the background we had, where we understand you finish the job, right? It starts and it finishes. There's no, like, oh, I'll get back to it, right? That's not an option. When you've got a staff NCO coming at you or a butter bar, sorry, I'm bashing on some officers, like, oh, really? Uh, you know, I can't, I can't resist. I'm a Marine. Uh, but when you have that, you know that mentality, right? Somebody's going to come yell at you. You know that. You're just a, I'm thinking like a Marine, clearly. But, you know, you just know. So you just do your job, right? And it's – I just wish that sometimes carried out. And now there's a lot of great – you know, we have a lot of pre- predecessors to it. You look at founders of FedEx, uh, GoDaddy. You start, you know, looking at these amazing folks. We have some great role models. We need that now for the, the next generation. We just need more folks like that to move our generation forward. And I think it's everybody. I think as that's we can show the uh, you know, civilians the same way. Like, hey, this is what we do. We don't walk around with this discount me because I'm who I am. You don't go to your dentist and say that, right? It, it doesn't work that way. As an older guy, I just see that as something that needs to be discussed, right? Uh, I was talking to somebody recently, and, you know, he works at a publication that does have some focus on veterans. And he last told me maybe years ago, like, Nobody even cared I was a veteran before. And I laughed because when I was in the Silicon Valley, nobody cared, right? People didn't come like, oh, Eric is a Marine. No, they knew because on the Marine Corps birthday, I had to work. They knew we were going out for drinks, right? But they were like, oh, the Marine Corps, oh, Veterans Day. Oh, happy Veterans Day. They just knew I was, they knew I served, right? But I didn't walk around going, hey, hey, you hire me because I am a, a veteran. I'm the Sheriff's County, for example. I became a squad leader. And I know how to run, thank goodness. There's you know, two things that they teach you in the military, how to be a squad leader and know how to march, know how to put a flag up, and know how to run. Well, I was really good at that, right? Everywhere else in life, a lot of places it doesn't apply. It's your work, right? It's how you shine and what you're doing. Let's talk about some of what you're doing at LifeFlip Media. So media these days it comes in all shapes and sizes. It's not just TV. And you're helping small businesses gain traction to build their business up. What are some of the misconceptions that people or businesses have about value these days when it comes to media, when it comes to public relations? Can you share a little bit of your expertise in that regard? Well, you know, I think every company needs, obviously, you're like, hey, you're a PR company, and you think every business, every business needs PR. But you do, right? You have to market yourself. It's how you're going to grow. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that I see from big, small, and in-between is this look at what 
what I call new media. And right now is a living example. I'm talking to you on your amazing podcast that I'm a huge fan of. And podcasts in the new media realm are great. And people are like, oh, no, it's not. And I'm like, really? Hello, Joe Rogan. Right. Joe Rogan is the living example of really? That show kills it. The sponsorship money, his brand new multi million dollar studio. People say that media doesn't go. Everybody thinks that the quick victories are I'm going to go on TV. I'm going to go on some show in the morning and it's going to solve all my problems. And they don't want to do the work. They don't want to go on a podcast and the podcast doesn't have millions of viewers. And it drives me batty because you have an amazing podcast and the guests that you put on here and the subject matter is so awesome. You get a new, fresh perspective every episode. Hmm. And so many other podcasters are doing that, right? And if there's a lot of things that you thought of it, you're entertained, you laugh, you cry, you do everything in between, and it's just terrific. And you just, I think that's one of the biggest ones, and radio. For me, it cracks me up. Our clients, for the most part, everybody goes through, we, we give folks a lot of radio time, national radio, and most of our clients average about 150 to 250 minutes of airtime a week, which is a lot of airtime if you think about it. Some people are like, oh, radio, who listens to radio? Well, that's what's funny is the biggest still to this day, people still listen to the radio. XM and Sirius are probably the biggest proof of that, right? Everybody listens to satellite radio. I guess we prefer it. Or iHeartRadio is an app in everybody's phone, right? That's kind of, you know, you can download it, stream it for free. And I think that's where people kind of frown. They, they think they need to go on TV and they miss the easy, what I call the easy layup. You know how easy it is to get on radio? I mean, it is. If you're a growing business, you should be focused on radio because everybody's listening to a radio. Not everybody's in a TV. A lot of us spend time in our cars. Right. A lot of us spend time in the gym. We'll put it in our ears or we'll go for a run or we'll be commuting on a train. You know, those are the things that people, I think, have a misconception about is that reach. And then trying to get into publications, big and small. I think one of the greatest platforms, and I know you're on it, uh, I'm on it, is Medium. Right. Medium has some of the biggest you know, publications on there from Inc. to The Mission, uh, which is veteran-owned. Uh, two amazing veterans run that. Another great podcast by them with the mission with Chad Drills and Ian Faison. Just amazing. Two Army guys built this amazing platform. I think people who, who are sleeping on a platform like a mission and aren't writing are, are, are truly again, sleeping on it, right? You need, to, you need to focus on your writing. You need to get your brand out there. And everybody's investing in a platform like media. So don't always think that it's a quick win for your company. It's going, hey, I need to be on TV. When it's, no, you need to do the full tour, right? Start writing. Like, that's how you get the head start. Put some sentences together. Grammarly helps us all. Uh, I'm not a spelling whiz, but you can certainly use it. And then there's other places that you can go and, you know, have people who can help you with writing. You can always find ghost writers. But start writing. You know, you want to grow your business. You need to put it together because... A TV hit doesn't last forever. Depending on where you go, it could be anywhere from two and a half minutes to 30 minutes of TV time, right? But that only lasts for a short, a short window. A publication lives forever. Right now, somebody could be sitting at their computer listening to you and I and going on to our medium accounts and Googling it and putting our names in it, finding our articles, and they're there. You can find them instantly. And I think that's where people really need to, to take it to the next level. Get back to that writing because that's where people look at your business and you really become a, a thought leader or influencer by the way you write because your thoughts are right there and it's put together and you're building this amazing ability to showcase 
that you're not just about, you know, a one-hit wonder. So when clients sign on with LifeFlip Media, they work with seasoned PR and marketing professionals who have years of experience, who value the relationship with the client with plenty of face-to-face interaction. You're cost-effective because you don't waste time on fancy office spaces, and you thrive by connecting people strategically to facilitate growth. By keeping it simple, by keeping it about the people, you generate success. Why is it important for you to conduct business this way? A few years ago, I read a book, and it was talking about looking at people in the eye during a digital connection, right? And it's so easy in 2019, I almost said 2018, and realized it's 2019. 2019, for us to just connect and be lazy, we have so many you know, email, tech messages. I believe that we need to go out of our way to connect with everyone. And if you have to spend the money to be around your client and have that face-to-face time, make them feel like they're the most important person because you don't know. The dollar amount they're spending to some could be astronomical. And to others, it's just a, a drop in the bucket. It's part of their marketing budget. But I want every client to feel like, okay, their story is important to me. And you have, you have to learn about your We are professional storytellers. When I'm talking to a network, when I'm talking to a publication, they want to know the background of who they're talking to. They want to know this person, does this, this, and this, and this is what they specialize in. Here's some talking points. And I have to understand who they are because each one of them, when I call a network, we'll go down a, a list of five, right? Say, I'll just pick it on the number five. And they'll go, okay, Eric, tell me about this person. And I don't, I'm not going to flip through notes. That's why I get on the phone every, you know, every other week we have a conversation with our clients. Uh, I have all the apps, WhatsApp, some of my folks love WhatsApp, and I can connect with them that way. I like to make it so they can get a hold of me, and it drives my wife nuts, but I make it so my clients can get a hold of me. Now, I have gotten better in, like, okay, I do work during certain times, but, you know, I'm always, during work hours, I'm accessible to my clients. I want them, the life of the client is so important to us, because we want to tell their story, because we know we get their story right, we help with success, they stay with us, and the great and I'll tell you this, I mean, and I can show it to anybody, we are driven off of referrals. Since the day we opened our doors, we have been a referral-driven business. We do not spend thousands and thousands of dollars on ads. Now, we do advertise in our market area. We like doing that. Obviously, every business needs to do that. But most of our business comes from our clients and our reputation. They're the ones that send their friends and business partners with, people that they're working with. That's what our goal has been. And it took a long time to get there. And I think one of the things is, is we'll admit when we mess up. We'll admit when we screw up. I'll be the first person to tell you when we started, we were, we were knuckleheads. Uh, that's the, you know, the cleanest word I'll use, right? We messed up. But those screw-ups led to where we're guaranteeing folks exposure. Every month we're giving them great shows to go on, your podcast included. Those folks know that they're going on and they're going to be treated with an amazing opportunity to showcase their business. And that's what it means to me is I want their story. It's their lifeblood, just like lifeflip is to myself and how much it means to me. Other people feel the same way about their business. If you're in business and you don't care about what your product stands for and you created it, you probably should go get a job where you're greeting people as they walk through a door. Because this is your lifeblood. It's your baby. When you think of resilience in business, as you think of the people that you've mentored, a young person comes to you and they say, how can my business be resilient in the 2019 world? What do they got to do? There's multiple things. 
the courses that are out there. You see a lot of people out there hawking courses, ask people, review courses. But if you're starting, find yourself great mastermind groups to belong to. There's some great ones that are out there that you should have a group. Don't try to go it alone, right? You're just starting out, and you're going to have, like everyone does, this naive belief that I'm just going to conquer the world on my own. Check me out. And it's even worse if you're a knucklehead Marine because we're the king of, I'm going to do it myself. Join a mastermind group. Find a networking group. Go to networking events in your community. There's so many, and, you know, and I'll provide you a list off air. But there's so many networking groups that you can go to. Join your Chamber of Commerce. It doesn't cost a lot. Like some of them will give you either a discount or a small business or it's like $20 a month, right? It's next to nothing, but it's worth it for you because you gain that exposure in front of your community. You talk to other people. You learn how to network. You learn how to tell your elevator pitch to people and learn your story. And you have to be out there. Don't just depend on everything to be done by your mobile device. Now, I, just like everyone else, I love my mobile device. It's always connected to me. But you still have to go out and have that human interaction. You can't just depend on, I'm just going to send an email. I'm just going to send a text. It has to be a conversation. You have to be able to show people that you can walk and talk on your own and do what you need to do. And you build that by networking, educating yourself constantly, and never being satisfied. And I think that's one of the... It's easy when you hit success and you start making more money than you've ever made in your life that it's like, okay, I'm going to pick my feet up. I'm going to go on easy street. It doesn't work that way. You have to keep driving and always hold yourself accountable So I'm never satisfied. Never. I'm never satisfied. And that is the key. You have to get that fire early and keep it going because you're going to have peaks and valleys and understand that as a as a young entrepreneur coming up, you're going to ride the roller coaster. You're going to go up to the top of the hill, feel like you're king of the world because you're going to have some success. And then it's going to come out from underneath you. And it's that time where you show your, your strong points, right? It's that ugly part of the roller coaster as you dip down and you're hitting this ugly lull where unexpectedly a, a customer cancels on you or something like that, right? Oh, how do you adapt to that, right? You weren't prepared for that. Most people aren't walking around with capital in their pockets that they can overcome that. You're just like, always be able to go out and get more business. And you do that by knowledge, being in a great network, and having a great support system. Amazing. And you have to have that. It's like, no excuses. Great advice. Eric, I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Will you run through these six quick questions with me? <laughs> Who are you thankful for today? Oh, uh, it's going to sound cheesy, but my wife, uh, she is amazing. Not only is she my co-founder, but she's absolutely helped my business and helped me as a business owner because we could separate being husband and wife and business owners because of our backgrounds in the Silicon Valley. She sees it from a different side, working by some of the best CEOs in the business in the Silicon Valley. She can tweak it and put a perspective on it that I probably didn't look at it. And it humbles me down because, wow, not only is my wife intelligent, a great businesswoman, and smoking hot, but she helped me with my business. So that's who I'm appreciative of today. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? Man, I'm thankful that I woke up today with a smile on my face. And we, we live in the greatest country in the world. We have it great. And I love what I do. I love helping people. That's what I'm just thankful for is the fact that we're given this opportunity every day 
to help people's businesses and their brands grow. I know what that causes. You know, that has a whole chain of events. We are helping a brand grow means they get to go hire more people, which those people got hired. They have families. They're making money. They're becoming successful. When you look at that picture, it just gives you the, uh, the goosebumps. How do you fuel the fire within you? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, you want me to three? You got three good read-off questions. I love it. Uh, the fire within for me is what motivates me is being able to provide the best living I can for my children, to leave them if they wanted a, a legacy, and for people to know that after my service to my country may have ended, but my service never did, I believe that I have. I'm on a mission to make sure now with brands and influencers that I can help them get out there. And everybody we work with has an amazing company or product that does something, you know, to work with a client who has a product that saves lives every day. It just makes me feel good, right? So I want to be able to make sure I provide for my family and help other people provide for theirs. What is one thing adversity taught you to value? Oh, oh wow, man, that's a good question there. Time. I think those are the things that you value most is having an amazing family because when you hit those dark spots, you need somebody, right? You, you can't do it by yourself. Adversity is ugly. Uh, and she'll slap you on the ground and you'll be on that one knee trying to come back up. And definitely the family. I can't stress it enough how important it is to have a very good family to be there for you because you're going to need it. Uh, besides my life, uh, my children are my everything. And when you're having a dark day, someone bought your kids smile when they come around you. They kind of just picks you up. You're like, as much as it sucks, I have this. This is what I have. This is what I'm working for. It puts you back on kilter, right? The shit may be tilting one way or the other, but it writes everything and you can carry on. It's what you're working for, right? At the end of the day, those are the faces looking back at you. And that's what drives you. Love it. What are you doing today you may have never thought you could? I do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff with the company. I never thought I would be messing with our website and understanding SEO and all that crazy stuff, but I swore I never would. Networking more than I ever thought I would do. It's crazy, but that's what I live for now, is sharing the message of hope and getting people out there to just work hard and do the work, right? And sharing that message that this is where you go. And talking about my failure, I never thought I would publicly come out and talk groups about how bad it's been, right? A lot of people don't know. When I tell the story of I used to wake up every morning at 6 a.m. and go down to a union hall and stand on a line and hope I got picked for a job as I get by casual uh, at a longshore hall and go sometimes weeks without work and literally barely survive, people are blown away because they see where we're at now and they don't know how hard of a struggle it was. I never thought I would be where I'm at today and share my failures. Like you always don't think you're going to showcase those, right? You're not going to be like, hey, I suck. Look at when I was horrible and everything was bad. And, you know, you kind of look back and now you sit there and you're like, wow, that's where I came from. And what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? That is a tough question. I'm going to continue to grow my business. Really, I want to set up more of a local mentorship where I can help small business owners with their media and how they do outreach 
And yes, a lot of them probably can't afford like the media services, but I want to provide them basically a, and here locally where I live in the Portland area, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, an area that I'm madly in love with. Hell Knight has a great book called Street Dog. I've read that book six times now. For me, building this ability to have a networking group, build it and coach small business owners how they can start from scratch to start getting media, right? Most of them, when they're building, you don't think that there's some easy tips that you can do. And simple things, it kind of just mentor them for, okay, this is how you write, this is how you do. Here's some free tools that are out there for you to use that'll make your business grow. And, and you don't have to go, oh, I can't afford huge retainer, but oh, I can go out and get this. And at least I can probably get myself on a local news so I can get on local radio or maybe in a local business journal. And that's really where I see myself. I never thought I would be planning something like that and going, well, where should I start a networking group? You know, who's going to let me do that? Will the Chamber of Commerce let me do that? Where do I do that? And that's something that I've been building over the last few months. And I think that's what we're taking the next steps is to really now take the knowledge and spread it around. And a lot of that comes from reading Chew Dog and learning. You have to get back to your community. And there's some things you can't charge for. You've got to help other people. You reach a certain plateau and you got to send an elevator back down hear about you and the amazing work you're doing. Such a privilege to have you on the show. How can people learn more about you and LifeLit Media? Go check out LifeLit Media on all the social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course LinkedIn. You can always reach out to me at eric at LifeLitMedia.com. I'd love to hear from anybody, anybody who wants to set up some time. I offer 15 minutes three times a week to have coaching sessions with folks. It's free. You just sit down and I'd like to hear what you're doing and maybe give you some tips and tricks so feel free to do that and go check out our website go check out lifeflipmedia.com